Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode, the first episode of 2022, and we're going to be kicking it off with the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week, The Wicker Man, released in 1973, not until 1975 in the States, but also directed by Robin Hardy. So we're going to get into that and a whole lot more on May Day fittingly that it happens in January, but as it does, I'm talking there. We're all about dates. Uh, but before that, I'm joined by the bold <laughs> and the beautiful, the Gold Gate Keith. Talking about it, don't we? We're all about phallic symbols and singing. Hell yeah. Booms, booms, <laughs> and more boobs and naked broads and fire. Hello, everybody. Welcome to 2022. <laughs> Yay! We did it. We survived. We made it. And we get to see Snail's Fuck later, which is awesome. Because any movie that has that, I am all in, baby. Can't wait to see that uh, you know, great action later on in the show. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be joined by the Dean a little bit later on. But the guy who picked this episode, the psychotic simian himself, the Prince Memoir's Day. Yes, get funky with a monkey. Yeah, King, we are keeping it funky and fresh as we bring in the new year, the talking terror way. So pop in those earbuds as your frightful foursome come in your ears for the next two hours. That's right, two solid hours of horror news and movie reviews that make Talking Terror your go-to podcast for horror. So feel free to check us out live. Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on iTunes because it doesn't really matter because like a $10 chicken head, maybe picking us wasn't the best idea, but fuck it. We're here, so you might as well let us finish the job anyway. What's up, friend family? <laughs> monkey, monkey, monkey. Well, Hi, monkey. Hi, dude. So <laughs> hop up on that Samarile cocaine. Good. Got to get that in the system. Right to the dome. I need some of that. Yeah, I know. I mean, it would perk us right up. All about that pagan cocaine. <laughs> and also, we are joined by the very astute, very opinionated, very educated, Little Mark Dean. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Happy New Year, everyone. The time Happy New Year! For the, the Talking Turf family to, to kick off the 2022 talking terror season uh i'm sure that our loyal audience can uh, anticipate and count on uh the best uh that we have to bring to you this year uh as we embark you, on yet another adventure <laughs> uh, with the talking terror radio program of course thanks all the three of you no you guys rock Ernestine. thank you thank you so much <laughs> Sometimes we just need a little levity. <laughs> yes, yeah, in this day and age. Levity is always key in this day and age. And yes, as always, Happy New Year to all of you out there and all three of our listeners for keeping us going, keeping us educated, keeping us on top of our toes. 
when it comes to the show. Always, always, always happy to hear back from everybody, including Marie, who is very much interested in Dean. So not in me at all. No, Marie is all about the Dean, so that's fine. It's fine. Yes. We made peace with that. I, I love it. You know. ah. And get not jealous in any way, shape, or form. Nope. <laughs> no. Me? No. No. Come on. I mean, even I love the Dean. I mean, even more than myself. That's You'll why I have that bracelet. Things. What would Dean do? Greatest hits on our, on our Instagram page. So please, by all means, uh, check out our Instagram. WWDD? What would Dean do? Yeah. yeah what would, I, <laughs> We're going to think about t-shirt. it every day. <laughs> I just look down at that bracelet, and that's what I come up with every day. What would the Dean do? Right. You, know, you know, pour, pour a nice drink you know. and sit down and watch the world crumble around me. Yeah, well, you know what? I just I think I'm just going to go ahead and put on rad and just sit back and enjoy myself. That's what the Dean would do. The world would idea. fire outside. But, right? It's perfect. Yeah. That's, that's a fine idea. What, what, if we're look, if we're if we're if we're laying our cards on the table, the truth of the matter is, is that to sit down, uh, put on a viewing of Rad, and have yourself a drink is just a just makes for a, a lovely evening. A lovely evening. The best evening. I mean, if, if I mean, I just I, honestly, I just fucking love Rad. So I'm not even being facetious. I just I, I like that movie. So yeah, if the world's gonna crumble around me, put on Rad. This let me lay back with some beer. I'll be good. That's what Dean would do. That's what I would do. That's what we all should do in 2022. Whenever life gets you down, just put on rad. Or breaking. Breaking's another one. I would put on breaking. Just because you got to see some you, dudes dance on a wall. That's fucking awesome. You, but there's a, there's a key, key error uh, that you're making in your decision there. And I'll, okay. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to explain too much, but the truth is, hmm. uh, and, and some people might not agree with me and that's okay, but it is my belief that if you take breakings and then you take break into Electric Boogaloo, and you put them side by side, I believe that Break In 2 is a far superior film, a far more enjoyable film, and a far more entertaining film. But that's only uh, my opinion. Um, I've seen each of those films more than uh, maybe any human <coughs> needs to see those films, and I say that with no shame. And, uh, you know, I stand, I stand by my, my ideas about those two films. Okay. <laughs> yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. Dead silence. Awesome. Love yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Professionalism. <laughs> Professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> we we are all about that. I uh, I apologize for that. The call dropped on my end, so I apologize for that. I, I missed a whole lot. So I was like, oh, here we go. 2022, kicking it off right. All right, so King, I basically, and I'll say this in just a few words, and not and not take more of that time. Basically, I was saying if you're going to to watch, uh, you should watch Breaking Two instead of Breaking. That's that's basically what my long, what, what I had to say. Oh, with a lot more. Words. Well, so I'll just say I'll just say you're that. not wrong. You're not. I'm not wrong. I, I think I would. Uh, yeah, I would definitely it's take Part film. Two over Part One. Uh, it definitely has a lot more better dancing. Uh, you know, just a better plot. Uh, so yeah, I think Breaking Two would be acceptable over Breaking One. But I just I think you need to have, just watch it first. Watch the first breaking, you know, before you get in breaking too. Just to kind of set the pace, like set the you know set the momentum, you know, set the pace. Get to know Turbo and Ozone. Nothing wrong. They're going to become with your a double feature if you got the time. That's a great double feature. That's one I would support. Yeah, somebody out there wants to do a double feature. That's a great party night. Both those movies, you get some dancers in there popping and locking. Yeah, that's fun. That's a Friday <laughs> night. I would be there. Or just forget. I mean, to, I'm just not. You to give grandma her meds and just let her, you know. 
spasm a little bit in the middle of the floor. It's cool. It does the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it, sure it does. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have any grandmothers anymore, so I mean, um, but I'm sure that they would. I'm sure that they would probably just be popping the log and be like, this is the greatest Werther's night ever. You know, thank you. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say, you know. <laughs> but double features and all that aside. So uh, do you guys have anything you want to talk about before I hand it over to Dean for our news? No, I, I'm cool, man. Let's let the Dean roll with uh, this shit, uh, man. Well, okay. That's what well, I said. All right. Well, roll as he shall, popping and locking over to the horror news table. What do we got going on tonight? What are we talking about, Dean? So, being that is a it it now I I feel and will probably continue to be and a, and a delightful one at that a uh, dawn of the new year tradition uh, with us getting the opportunity to revel in the new season of Cobra Kai. I must ask if and I know the ghoul has, but I must ask if my fellow hosts have had an opportunity to. To, to see season four at this time. I have not, and you guys continue. I will just mute myself and just message me when you're done. No, 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 no. We're not talking any details here. I just, I just, there's one fact that I want to share about it that is not a spoiler in any way, so there's no need for any muting. Uh, at Netflix, which, as we have talked about many times, is uh, one that does not release their streaming numbers, uh, but mm. they did announced that season four of Cobra Kai has accounted for 120 million hours viewed in the first three days of the release of Cobra Kai season four. Uh, so 120 million hours viewed uh, in the first three days. Uh, so there you have it. It's pretty tight. That's pretty tight number. Pretty tight. I like that. Right. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I haven't had a chance to watch it myself either. I'm trying to watch Yellow Jackets. I'm trying to watch Dexter. I got, I got a lot of shit. <laughs> but Cobra Kai is definitely up there. Maybe this weekend I'll get into it. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. So You should be. Terry you should be. That's back. all I'll say. I will say yeah. that while uh, Dexter, I will probably never uh, get around to, to watching, uh, my, my interest level uh, is on super high about uh, Yellow Jackets. So I'm going to make it a, try to make a point to get into that sometime in the very near future. Um, but, uh, you know, if I, and like anything, I think anything that I was watching uh, at New Cobra Kai time, I think at this point would get the brakes slammed on hard. Um, <laughs> you know, everything. And that, that's just me. I can only speak for myself. Uh, but, you know, I feel like anything I'd be in the midst of would have to get the brakes hit on it. Uh, for me to dive back into the world of the valley, uh, I, I'm, I'm that I'm that enthralled. So that's awesome. No, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. You know, it's awesome. Oh. You know, I'm looking forward to getting right back in that world too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to see what I've got it downloaded. Unfortunately, I found out uh, Ian had not seen the last season. So right now we're trying to we have him up here. So we're trying to catch up on seasons before we t- delve into the the newest season of Cobra Kai. Yeah, it's, that's an adventure. You know, got to pound those episodes in, you know, hour apiece. Mm. Yep. No, they're not an hour apiece. They're like uh, the shortest no, one. I think hour. the season clocked in around yeah. uh, 27 minutes, and I feel like the season finale was around 39 to 41 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But, quick uh, hit. It's been a while since I watched last season. Yeah. yeah, that's what you got to do. I like those quick hits. You know, not the, you know, I'm, I'm confusing <laughs> with Dexter, which is like 45 minutes to 50 minutes an episode. 
you know, getting into those long ones. So, yeah, it's good that Cobra Kai is only a half hour. Finish up that season real quick. What, ten episodes, I think you said, Dean? Ten episodes. Yeah, we got we got flies right by. Flies right by. We got back from Chicago, man. We watched the, the first episode Sunday night and then spent all day Monday just flying right through them. It's a very solid season. And, and yeah. Cool. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's cool. I, I can't wait. So definitely go forward. But all right, so moving away from Cobra Kai in season four, uh, what's next? What do you got, Dean? Uh, he just can't stay away. Uh, he just can't stay away from uh, the the colorful, uh, vivid world, uh, alternate world that he has created. And once again, uh, Quentin Tarantino apparently is returning to his alternate version of Hollywood. Uh, apparently, hmm. he has written uh, an entire Rick Dalton biography, uh, including a segment that is an in-depth dive uh, into all of the films of Rick Dalton as well, uh, saying that back in the 70s, they had all of these films of bu- uh, books, uh, the films of Charles Bronson, the films of Burt mm-hmm. Lancaster, where you can like get a book and read about all of those performers' films. So uh, he wrote uh, this entire uh, book about Rick Dalton, uh, while also working on another nonfiction book on movies called Cinema Speculation, uh, but his Rick Dalton book obviously uh you know takes place in the fictional world that he has created uh an entire alternate history of hollywood he says that his publishing company harper collins uh they say that they've already told him that they are down 100 percent to release it uh but he also said at this time he does not have any concrete plans to release it um you know releasing uh such a, a project about a fictional actor um you know he's curious and doubt what kind of response there would be, but he was said, he did say that you can anticipate it probably getting released sometime uh, down the road. Although uh, at this time, nothing is locked in. I'd read it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ghoul, uh, uh, over Christmas, you got a copy of what's upon a time in Hollywood, right? Uh, Yes. Yes. I actually, well, I I've already read the paperback. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, the hardcover. Like or, uh, birthday, birthday gifts is the hardcover. Um, I have not, you know, I have not read it yet. I have not read it yet. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to f- finger through it just to find whatever things were <laughs> added. I figure I'll just read finger. the entire book again, but I want to give myself like, a, I don't know, like maybe two months or so, and then I'll do it because it's been so close to when I read the paperback version. So and right. I had no idea I was getting it. So it was like, yeah, it was a complete surprise. Yeah, my my Christmas and uh, and birthday were fucking awesome. So <laughs> that's so cool, dude. Don't want to finger that book too hard. No, 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 yeah. no, no. You want to be gentle. <laughs> yeah, be, be a gentle lover of your books. Uh, stroke the stress those pages. <laughs> you want to work that sensitive angle. Mm-hmm. And how? Wants to get it in. He's laying in bed with his book. <laughs> Why are you naked? I don't know. This is how I read my books. Don't fuck with my method. <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm sitting there buck naked in the bed reading you got right on you. <laughs> <laughs> What's with the bowl of grapes? I don't know. I didn't even get the snacks. But you have to be naked. And you're making a lot of eye contact. 
That's just my process. In so the foreword, <laughs> Simon Pegg said it's best to read this book naked with a bowl of grapes. That's what he said in the foreword. <laughs> so that's how I'm doing it. If Simon Pegg said it, then it must be true. So you got to yeah. do it. I, mean, I, don't, I don't blame you. I, mean, <laughs> I read it fully clothed on a couch, you know, making complete eye contact with the book. But you do you, monkey. I mean, it's your experience. I'm not trying to take it away from you. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Dean, what's next? What are we talking about? Uh, we talked in the group about how, uh, after all this time, uh, Bud Cooper is getting back into the world of the Mutilator uh, and is going to be bringing Mutilator 2 uh, to the world. Um, Hell yeah. A lot of excitement about that. Some uh, casting uh, news. Terry Kaiser from Friday the 13th Part 7 has joined the cast, uh, as well as somebody named uh, Damien uh, Maffe, who was in the... I can't remember what the tagline was, but the sequel to The Strangers. Pray at night. Uh, and yes, and uh, original cast members Ruth Martinez and Bill Hitchcock will be uh, returning. And uh, here is uh, some additional fun uh, news about Mutilator 2 for all of you horror fans out there that fancy yourselves uh, thespians. Uh, on Backstage.com, there is currently an open casting call uh, for a variety of roles in the upcoming Mutilator 2 that you can apply for and try to get uh, yourself an audition. So uh, if you've ever felt the call uh, to, to, to be on the big screen, uh, let's be real, this is probably going to be on the small screen, but um, if you've ever felt the call to... Um, you know, put the acting chops uh, to the <laughs> test. Uh, there are are many roles uh, that they are looking to currently cast, and and they're putting it out there uh, to the fans of the Mutilator uh, to get an opportunity to to audition. I would. Hey, I was in cool. you, you, dude, you <laughs> guys should totally audition. If anything, you and the Ghoul if take a road here, trip, go audition. <laughs> I would in a second. Like I said, if I, absolutely not even kidding. If I was in the area and I could do it, I would definitely audition. It's fucking Mutilator 2. Like one of the underrated <laughs> slashers, but the greatest fall as break I am, ever. As I am looking uh, at the cast member, at the, at the, the casting uh, list here, uh, King, uh, I'm mm-hmm. seeing a role here for a character named Ed, who is a male in between the ages of 25 and 35. Uh, Ed is the editor on this shoot because apparently they're shooting a film within the film uh, that appears several times mm. in this production. He operates the editing console and walks and talks. And then also Jack is a male between the ages of 45 and 50. Jack is the overbearing director of the film within the film. He has anger issues and an overinflated ego. Well, I could do either of those characters. It's like so if you think you're the perfect actor to bring one of these roles to life, head over to Backstage for more info. <laughs> you know what? Cool. I might just check it out. Man, that would be uh, cool. the other, It looks like the other, so cool. the other uh, characters that they're looking uh, to fill uh, are like, like probably young and hot uh, men and, and women. Uh, some were probably yeah. requiring topless, topless scenes and underwear 
et cetera, et cetera. We, we have couples. no problem doing – yeah, we have no problem going couples. Yeah. No way. Okay. Well, if you feel that you can play a female between the ages of 21 and 26, have at it. I could. <laughs> if I put on a wig and I put on a, you know, a pair of you know, yoga pants, I could probably rock that. Like, you mean so monkeys, top off? Sure. Uh, yoga yeah, pants are not necessary. Quite, uh, you would need to be deep. topless you in your underwear. <laughs> oh, well, I could do that, too. <laughs> like a nice, sensible pair of underwear. You know, maybe, like, you know, maybe not a thong, but maybe a nice pair of boxers. You know, nice tight, um, you know, up against the skin there, and, and it's, you know, just playfully looking at the camera. Who, me? Who, tight little boy shorts? Yeah. <laughs> like, my name is what, Andrea, and I'm auditioning for the role. I could be. I could be a tight little boy if you want me to. I mean, I can be whatever you want me to do. I mean, I can be versatile. I'm a pass. I remember, I saw your ass in that hotel room, man. I'm good. You did. You did. You saw all of it. You drank it in, man. It was fun. We had we had a good time. I mean, I've seen monkey and you know I've seen monkey in a banana hammock. So we've all had our traumas. We've all had you know our our, our things that we're not proud of that we saw. Just because you happen to see me walking through the bedroom drunk, wearing a banana hammock while carrying a chihuahua means nothing. I felt like I was in a John Waters movie for like a couple seconds. <laughs> I was like, Where, where's John Waters to be like, mm, this is fun, right, boys? Oh, my God, John Waters. That's, just ignore me. It's happening. Come on through, monkey. Yes, and shake that little ass that you have with that dog. Andy, stop crying. Stop crying. Stay in the moment. Okay, Mr. Waters. I'm really upset right now. He's getting way too into it. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Let it happen, boys. We're here. We're having fun. Oh, yeah, see, worst yeah, night yeah, ever. You John, yeah, you say John Waters. I, I, fuck you. I say Lynch, man. That's a David Lynch moment right there. <laughs> I just needed some, some weird-ass music playing in the background while it was going on. No, I mean, if it was Lynch, you'd be wearing lipstick, and you'd have, like, a boa on. And you would just kind of, like, gracefully walk through the room like a dream, sing candy-colored uh, can man from uh, Blue Velvet. <laughs> What the fuck? Is this David Lynch territory? Yeah, that's right, boys. We're making a movie. Twin Peaks 2. This is just going to be one of the outtakes. Yep, I need you to cry a little bit harder for me, Andy. Come on. Get those tears going. He's going to shake his ass for you. No, Mr. Lynch, no. I can't look away. Just send me to the Black Lodge. We've all had our traumas. I mean, you know, Gould yep. saw my ass. I saw Monkey's ass. So listen, you know, we're an ass show. We're all about the ass. We, we love it. <laughs> we respect it. It's what we do. It's what I mean, if you great. could bend a spoon with it, even better. I mean, show us what you got. You know, I could do it for the director, probably. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Mutilator 2, I'm very excited for. It's definitely probably going to be a sci-fi production. Probably going to end up on sci-fi, you know, not on a big screen, but still. It's cool to see that Bud Cooper wants to do it after all these years. So I'm here for it. I might not audition, but I'll definitely be watching and looking for the physical media when it comes out to join my other fall break. All right. But, all right Going so what's next? <laughs> I wish you well in your endeavors. We have Thank talked you. about – you're welcome <laughs> – we have talked about, uh, you know, everything going on with streaming and day-in-day releases and all of this. Uh, Disney has said that the massive volume of pirating 
of the Black Widow film uh, apparently uh, downloaded uh, at least 20 million times on torrent sites. Uh, the mouse hmm. claims uh, that this pirating has costed them $600 million. Um, I did not get too in-depth into <laughs> the metrics because I really don't care, but uh, since we have talked about this uh, previously, I just thought I would share this piece of information as it came across the news desk earlier today. I can, tell you that I, was, I can tell you that I was not involved in any of that because after the ghouls review of that movie, there's no fucking way I'm going to go <laughs> fucking watch that goddamn movie. Nope. <laughs> Listen, it's well. an MCU film. It's worth watching. And like I've said, revisiting it now with no expectation. The movie isn't terrible. After seeing Hawkeye, it also kind of either makes you add a little bit to one of the characters. Um, it's just yeah. misplaced in the MCU's order. Hmm. Did it do well in the theater? Nah, nah, man. There you go. I think part of it, too, though, was they did that whole Disney Plus uh, extra money yeah. thing or whatever, remember? So most of that got split between the two, and then Scarlett Johansson's whole fucking conniption fit she had over it because she wasn't getting enough of the money or enough of the fucking splits and all that crap. Um, you know, but again, like I, I said from the start, the biggest problem with that was you're putting out a fucking prequel film for a character that is dead, and I do understand that it was introducing another character as well, but the main character you want the storyline to have risk is not going to be there because yeah. you know where she ends. So... You kind of took out the excitement. Plus, it was just too fucking pussified. Mm. Oh, they're just looking for any excuses why that movie failed. We'll blame the pirates on this one. That's right. Lost all this money because <laughs> of the pirates. Not because nobody went to go see it or because it's not very good. Pirates. <laughs> so, hey, they, they came up with something they're running with it. Good for them. You know, hopefully they recoup some of that money because you know that they're broke. You know, Disney's just hurting for cash oh. right now. Oh, yeah, I know, man. It's really, really bad. You know, I think uh, Lloyd Kaufman was actually trying to do a, a GoFundMe for Disney to try and help him out just because, you know, he has so much more money well, than nice him. Yeah. I think he's a good guy. He's looking out for yeah. those guys at Disney. You know, somebody's <laughs> got to pay him. You yeah, know? So somebody shame. needs to. <laughs> they only own about a quarter of the world's companies. <laughs> well, that's only a quarter. That's not a lot. I mean, come on. I mean, they're humble. They're keeping it humble. You know, they lost some money and they want it back. You know, good for them. Get it. Because you can never have too much. (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) No. All right, Dean, what's next? The world of music uh, is is a varied place with something for everyone. And uh, what I have next is if you head over to the YouTube channel of a group called The Merkins, uh, you will find two things. One, uh, you will find a band featuring Jason, Freddie, Michael Myers, Leatherface, and Ghostface uh, that are called, this band is called The Slash Street Boys, and they they perform parodies of Backstreet Boys songs. But... More recently, uh, they have mo- morphed. Uh, this group has morphed into 
Mostly Cruel uh, to do a cover of Motley Crue's Girls, Girls, Girls as Kills, Kills, Kills. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you've ever wanted to see uh, these titans of the slasher film industry uh, performing mm-hmm. rock music, uh, you will have your chance on the Merkins YouTube channel. It's a great video. I posted it on the Facebook page a while ago because I'm a huge Merkins <laughs> fan. They do some really yep. great covers of songs. They've done everything <laughs> from Danzig's Mother with Jason Voorhees, Leatherface, I've Got Friends with No Faces. You know, they've done <laughs> Call Me Sydney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so they, they cover all the characters and they have their solo projects. You know, Freddie did one with uh, NWA cover with Pennywise, you know, straight out of Springwood, which is really good. So, I mean, yeah, they, they are hilarious. They make great videos. They just did one with Michael Myers. It was uh, set to Ice Ice Baby, which I thought was great. Slice Slice Baby. You know, so, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Merkins. If you're on the Talking Terror page of Facebook, you'll see I always post to their videos. As soon as they make one, I post it. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll be enough. Like their their voices actually aren't that bad. Like music wise, it's like it's it's not just a bunch of guys making up some shit. It's like it's actually got some production value behind it. Oh yeah, the videos are amazing. You know the way that they customize the masks and the costumes and everything like that. I mean, it, and it looks just like the video that's originally what they're doing. So, like the slice slice baby video looked like ice ice baby. You know, I mean they they're really clever. You know, so they they are on Facebook and they're on all other social media platforms. So support them. Check out their other videos. You know, the Slash Street Boys is every year they come out with a new one for Halloween. So, but yeah, so Kills 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 is also a really good one. So, uh, the Slash Street talking back. about the markets. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But all right. So what's next thing? What do you got? We recently had the Chris Rock-created uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw film uh, foisted mm-hmm. upon uh, the horror audience to, to much acclaim. And uh, mm-hmm. while they were filming that, we talked here on the show about how uh, the 10th Saw film uh, had even gone into pre-production. And it was not long ago during this very portion of our broadcast where I said how uh, screenwriters Pete Goldfinger and Josh Stolberg had announced that uh, pretty soon uh, John Kramer fans will be very happy. Uh, But now it seems that for this upcoming uh, 10th Scream film, uh, apparently Tobin Bell is returning uh, to the role uh, that made him famous uh, and that this 10th Screen, uh, Saw film is truly going to be a John Kramer story. Uh, so uh, I know uh, the internet must be lighting up at this very moment with excitement and anticipation, uh, but I wanted to share it with you here uh, in case you didn't have a chance to hear about this exciting project yet. Well, I mean, they, they saw what happened with Spiral. They took out John Kramer and they tried something new and it didn't work. So go back to, you know, what works. Bring back Tobin Bell, you know, and the fans will rejoice and they'll watch it. You know, Spiral's not a bad movie. It's just not really a Saw movie. You know, that's the problem. You know, it's a, you can't really do it without some kind of John Kramer connection. And uh, they tried. It just didn't work. So, you know, why reinvent the wheel, as they say? Just go back and do what works. You know, you can make another 10 songs with John Kramer. Yeah, 
yeah, they did, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, how, how many more before, you know, unfortunately, this actor passes away. It's like they they got to figure out a way to continue the story. And like like you said, though, King, you know, they tried it with Spiral, you know, and the ghoul said it several times about, you know, you have the disciples all over the place. So there's lots of stories to tell, but it seems like they just can't seem to nail it without Kramer. Well, and they they made it work uh, in that Saw series after the character had passed away. They they made sure that they had flashbacks, so that way he was always there, even though he's not in the present story. You know, flashback to to what he was doing when he was creating these traps, and it worked. You know, so you get to keep John Kramer in the story without the character actually being there, and that's was fine. And I liked those movies as, as bad as they got towards the end. They were still kind of fun, but it's. Like you had said, you know, how many more movies are they going to do before Tobin Bell passes away? It's, you know, they have to find something else to do and, and create something new. That's where the Halloween movies got me is when Donald Pleasant passed away. Okay, well, no, they're not that good anymore because you need Donald Pleasant. You need Dr. Loomis to make that Halloween movie really kind of something special. And once he passed away, it's, well, what do you do? You don't really have yeah. Ahab anymore. So now, you yeah, have, well, exactly. we'll make it about Lori and, and her fight against Mike. And that's fine. I mean, you know, but it, it just you're missing a little bit of that magic about Donald Pleasance being there hunting down Michael. You know, that's what made those movies kind of special because you always had that foil. You know, Ahab hunting the big Moby Dick. You know, mm-hmm. it's no exactly. more women takes away from him. You know, and, and not to say that they're terrible. I mean, well, H2O and, and Resurrection, we've talked about it. That nausea, they're not very good. But, <laughs> you know, even, even the rebooted movies – what was the best part about Halloween Kills? The Loomis flashback. <laughs> For me, anyway. Because, it was, yeah. hey, there he is. I mean, it's not him, but, you know, it's kind of him. You know, because you can get that. Speaking it was of which. shocking how much it was like him. <laughs> speaking yeah. of which, has anybody by chance seen the extended version yet? Yeah, I have, yeah. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. It definitely it was extended and definitely didn't do anything to kind of change my opinion about it. You know, the, okay, the, the okay, so hold on. I have a question. I do have a question. Now, when you say it's like extended, okay, so, so, so here's the thing, all right? They, they put plenty of these movies out these days. There's unrated movies that add, like, you know, a couple of seconds of gore, this and that. Um, and I'm all for that. You know what I mean? I, I don't mind it. But when I hear them say that this is an extended film, you know, my automatic, like, idea of what an extended film is, I just automatically go to the Peter Jackson films. You know, the Lord of the Rings movies, the Hobbit movies, where there are entire sequences and scenes that were filmed for the movie that were just edited out due to length. And maybe sometimes they didn't complete, like, all the special effects, like full spit and polish. But for the most part, the scenes are completed. So now, in the like, I've, I've been looking at it for the last couple of weeks since it first got posted now for sale on, uh, on the, the digital mediums. I just haven't pulled the trigger because it's the like 20 medium. bucks. And, yes, the digital mediums. Listen, man, don't fucking talk like you don't watch my movies anywhere, shit, dude. I'll change the password. Uh, I'll make you find your shit for free. Um, so, fucking, like... Hey, I've know, offered I, to give you shit, and you're like, nah, man, oh, man, it's good. I know, because you know me. I like my collection anyway. So, But it's like $20, you know, and, and like, as much as I like the movie, I'm, like, going to wait until, like, I, I know they're eventually going to have a sale, and it's going to be, like, fucking $10 or something like that. But the, normally when that happens, it's after I spend the 20 bucks, and then, like, fucking a month later, it's like, oh, we got it in the $5 bin, and it's like, fuck you, Keith, you bought it, you asshole. So the question <laughs> being, when they say extended, are they are, – 
is it really like extended sequences? How much extended is the film? Or is it literally just like an unrated version where it's like a couple seconds. If you watch the movie in the theater, you're probably not going to fucking realize that you're seeing anything different on screen. Pretty much just came down to the ending for me. That was the only kind of difference. If I remember correctly, uh, they had stated that this wasn't about making like an unrated version uh, they said right. that they just had this sequence towards the ending that they wanted to put in uh, that theatrically mm-hmm. they decided to pull it because uh, it just they said that it didn't necessarily uh, work within the greater context of the story in the directions that they're thinking they're going in Halloween ends, uh, which was their decision to not have it. But they wanted to put it out because apparently they thought it was a cool scene. anyway. It's fine. You know, it, it's fine. I mean, I think it would have been more better suited for the opening of Halloween ends than as an extended ending to Halloween kills. But I mean, that's just, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but uh, yeah, for me, it it works better as an opening than it does as an ending, you know, and just leave that confusing ending to Halloween kills as it is where it's like, huh? You know, and the book does explain it as well, you know, and it, it doesn't really offer anything new or or anything good as far as as how everything transpired at the end it just you know gives you more in depth of, of what happened and kind of setting up how it ends for what it's going to be so yeah for me leave it the way it is you know the the ending that we get and put that alternate ending at the beginning of halloween ends and i think you have a you know a good start to, to what's going to happen with that third one cool uh, so, yeah. by the king of horror well, just to, to let the ghoul know that you're not really missing anything with the extended cut. If you think it's going to be like new scenes and extra gore, no, not really, no. <laughs> Mainly for the ending. So you could just skip all the way to the end and be like, oh, okay. And that's, that's all the extended version offers. Well, then I ain't spending the 20 fucking dollars on that now. Too oh, hell no. <laughs> don't do it. Want. Not no, doing it. Don't. No, not, it's not worth it. Don't do it. Don't be a sucker. Yeah, I already told you. It's just the ending, so, yeah, wait until it comes out in regular digital or when it's cheaper to rent. You know, then you can just rent it and see it, so. But, all well, right. I can't so rent what's it, next but I, I, got, I don't own it yet anyway, so I'll just buy the extended mm. version of it. Um, I just, because uh, i got to get it to complete the, the collection anyway. I'm just going to wait on it, that's all. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, easiest way to do it. But, all right, Dean, what's next? What do you got? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Stranger Things season four, which I mean, man, talk about uh, talk about a long wait. Uh, Netflix wow. has said for sure uh, that it is coming out this summer, although they still have not given uh, the the dates that it will finally arrive on the streamer. Uh, but to tide you mm. over, uh, Dark Horse Comics has announced a four issue miniseries. A miniseries called Stranger Things Kamchatka, uh, with the first issue arriving March 23rd. Uh, it's going to be featuring some kind of Russian adventure uh, set within the world of Stranger Things. So a four-issue miniseries uh, from Dark Horse Comics. So if you've been jonesing for some Stranger Things, new Stranger Things content, and you're also a reader of comic books, uh, March 23rd will see the first issue arrive Everywhere comics are sold. Kamchatka. Kamchatka. 
Come shop. Come yeah, okay. shop. Come shop. Come shop. Come shop. Bro. Come shop. That's a stranger thing. Come shop. Come shop. It really is a stranger thing. Come shop. Ew, why are the pages sticky? It's what you say when you're like fucking drunk, you know? Come shot out. (laughs) Come over here. I'm going to come shot it so hard. (laughs) Meanwhile, you you know that's not what happened, man. When you're fucking lit, it just like dribbles, you know? You're lucky if you get like (laughs) fucking, like like, like anything better than a fucking like dribbling volcano, you know? No, it's like the saddest little fire hose. It's like, oh, I thought I had so much in there. What happened? I had a full tank. What the hell? No, whatever. Good night. I finished. It's like oh, no. ghost jizzing, you know? Oh, like shut up. If you ended up having too many sessions in the course of, like, an evening, you know? Like, you totally get, like, all the feels of blasting one off, and yet there's, like, nothing. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, that's how that works, huh? <laughs> I, didn't have yeah. one point. I guess I didn't hit 88 miles an hour or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. That's the worst. The multiple ones where you're like, oh, man, this is it. I'm going to erupt. And all of a sudden, it's like, eh. And you're like, oh. All right. Well, then your dick's just just kind of like. I got nothing left. Giving her all she's got. I got nothing left in the chamber. Uh, Come on, man, get it up again. She wants to go again. No, don't do it. Come, Chada, no. You know, it's just terrible. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, but, yeah, that's a, a Russian comic uh, for Stranger Things. So we'll have to wait for the date. I mean, we're in January. You feel like they would be starting to give out dates of when they're going to release uh, that season four, but they're playing close to the chest. So it'll be June, and they'll be like, oh, anyway, here it is. Oh, okay. Well, it's out. It's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, they'll just be like, yeah, next month. <laughs> And season five, when they're all 35 years old and going to college. Oh, man, are we still doing this? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> apparently the demigorgons are still around. Well, that's crazy. I, I, I don't know. I just wanted to join a frat and just have fun. No, it's Stranger Things. <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> season five will probably be like in 1995 now. <laughs> yeah, like, shit, Mike, I have kids. I can't be fucking running around in the woods anymore. <laughs> No, we have to go James, back. Come on, just one more round of D and D. Come on, guys. Yeah, oh, fine, one more, and that's it. I swear to God, this shit's getting old. I know. <laughs> yeah, we gotta stop waiting like years to make these movies and series. <laughs> it's been six years since the last one. <laughs> that's how they want to be an awful song. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking to their grandkids about Hawkins. <laughs> wow, you guys had a lot of fun back in these. Oh, we did. It was great. But yeah, no, it's who knows what, what, what they're planning on doing. But I'll watch it. I know we all will. But all right, moving on from Change of Things comics. What else do you have, Dean? I have, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, and I just I need to I need to just share this piece of news. I 
I don't often just share news about every single edition and release of every film, but uh, if one uh, comes across, uh, you know, my my eyes uh, of a film that mm-hmm. I always need to pump the tires for, I have to go ahead and share it. So I am here to say that Second Sight uh, has confirmed a uh, complete 4K restoration and upcoming Blu-ray release of the C. Thomas Howell Rutger Hauer classic, The Hitcher. Um, nice. One of one of my absolute uh, favorites of the genre. One of like the early batch of films, uh, not the earliest, but one of the earlier batch of films that uh, truly pulled me in as a fan of the genre. Uh, uh, Second Sight had said uh, that they were working uh, with uh, the best existing master that they knew of that was in the best condition uh, that they had seen. Uh, but they have an update, and this update to me is pretty exciting. Uh, the update is that, thought to be long lost, uh, they have acquired the original camera negative. The original negative uh, has been found, which is now allowing them to do a true, full uh, 4K restoration uh, that they cool. would not have been able to do working off a of master. Yeah. So uh, I think that's a pretty sweet piece of news because I just, I, I just adore that film. Uh, no release date yeah. at this point in time, uh, but uh, you know it will take a little longer because they had already started the project and now they will they're restarting uh, the project. So um, if you are a fan of the Hitcher, uh, Second Sight uh, is working on a full, true 4K restoration from the original camera negative. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the movie too. I hope that it's a region-free uh, release because Second Sight's a UK-based. Uh, DVD, Blu-ray, uh, 4K uh, distribution company because they just did a uh, <clears throat> Dawn of the Dead George Romero uh, custom, you know, like four or five disc set. But yeah, you have to have all region because they are UK based. So, but doesn't matter. That's cool. But the hitch, that the hitcher getting that 4K. Love yeah, to see it. Great, love it. Uh, we all know that uh, in just a few. Uh, days from now, uh, the world is going to be graced with the next in uh, the Scream film series with Scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five. Next <laughs> Friday. Uh, and if you are feeling hungry, uh, I am. the serial killer company... Uh, is has an official Scream tie-in cereal uh, called Strawberries and Scream. Uh, it's now available good. for pre-order in the UK. I do not know if they are shipping worldwide, uh, but from what I saw, uh, it is costing eight ninety-five in European money. I have no idea what the conversion rate Pounds. is at the time, uh, but uh, <laughs> Strawberries, Strawberries and Scream from the Serial Killer. Uh, company uh, is available for pre-order. The official cereal of the Scream franchise. Yeah, it looks like it's only UK. So our UK fans out there, if you feel like sending us a box, please do. Because uh, apparently it also is a talking box. So that is pretty fucking sure. Uh, yeah, apparently <laughs> the box talks. And it has the image of Ghostface on the box and, and the cereal inside. Well, I'm looking at it right now, but... Uh, yeah, uh, I wish they would release this in the U.S. I don't know why it's unavailable in the U.S., but I, I would love to have a box. So, so any U.K. listeners out there, hey, send us one. 
We'll send you, a, you know, an 8 by 10 of us. I don't know, whatever you want. You know, we'll all sign it and we'll, we'll all give it to you. Yeah. Gladly, you know, spend those pounds on us. We, we have 8 by 10 I'm on, I am on the Serial Killer <laughs> website right now. And, like, I have moved through the, the ordering uh, process here. Uh, and I am... See what it says next. Fingers crossed. Hold on. Hold your horses. Ah, all right. So no, it cannot be shipped uh, to the address that I entered. I just go through the process to see, um, and unfortunately, uh, they say no. 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 Nay. I'm sorry. There. Damn you, UK. That's all right. (laughs) Just weird to me that they're not releasing it in the U.S. as well. For some reason, it's a UK thing. I don't know. You know, figure they would release it in the US as well. Let us have a taste just of that like sweet, hit, sweet strawberry. Yeah, uh, apparently, just like Hitcher Restorations, only available in the UK for some bloody reason, which nobody well, understands why. <laughs> no, it, again, it's not that you can only get it in the UK. Second Sight is just a UK distribution company that releases their, their movies on particular regions. So if you have a region-free 4K player or a Blu-ray player, you're set. You can watch anything on them, but you have to be careful. You have to make sure that those discs are, are region-free. Because if it's not, then you have to get a special player for it. It's a bitch. Because that, years well, ago, say, I had a problem. As, with as, as long as your player's region-free, you're cool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. You could get that. You could buy it right now. I mean, the Hitcher, once it becomes available anyway, you could buy it from their site and have it shipped to the U.S., but, yeah, you just have to make sure that your player is region-free. Yeah. And if it is, then, yeah, you're set. But, no, the the serial, on the other hand, is like, yeah, no, fuck you, U.S. Uh, U.K. is only going to be doing the U.K. So you could just look at the box and imagine what is. And say, oh, I mean, <laughs> well, okay, I, I mean, guess. Let's, I, I, look, I can't speak for you, King, but and, and, and look, maybe you are uh, one who eats lots of cereal, but I saw it and thought it was an interesting story. Am I sad that is, I can't yeah. acquire a box of Scream cereal? Like, no, I really don't. I am. But if you do, I, I support am. your sadness. <laughs> I support your sadness. I'm very sad. I mean, I'm not a big cereal guy, but I did have the good guy cereal, the child's play cereal, and it was actually phenomenal. So I, was like, I thought it was going to taste like shit, but actually it was actually good. So, you know, to see the scream one, I was like, oh, that might be nice. You know, to have that box, you know, but no, it's not meant to be unless, you know, I could find somebody in the UK who's willing to ship me a box. Doubt that's happening. So all I'll have is, is the images to live on. I mean, I'm just excited to see Scream next week, so I'm all revved up for that on the 14th. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to see it on the 14th. We'll see it on the weekend, but yeah, we're getting a new Scream movie. I can't complain. Can't be too upset. I'm still getting it. Maybe I'll bring my mask, you know, be like Scream 2. Who's that guy in the Scream mask? Oh, he's all out. This isn't a stab at Scream. I, you know, I still have a lot of love for that movie, Scream 2. It's 3 and 4 I have the problem with. 3 and 4 just shouldn't exist, but they do. <laughs> yeah, 1 and 2 were they okay. Yeah, but I was pleasantly surprised by 2, especially for it being a, a sequel. But again, and you know, the fact that they yeah. rip on sequels and stuff like that. <laughs> They do, and it's a clunky movie, and they make the you know the mistake of killing off Randy, and then you have to go through the act of explaining the killers. I mean, it's it's a it's a misguided movie in a lot of ways, and you know it does have its flaws, 
But comparing it to like three and four, it's like, well, you know, yeah, they should have stopped at two. You know, but of, of course, you know, Miramax, you know, it's like, holy shit, we still got a hit on our hands. Let's make it happen. You know, another one, it's fine. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that this Scream 2022 is kind of doing its own thing and having fun with it. And because they did it, release the poster where they show all the characters and it goes, this, the killer's on this poster. And I was like, that's kind of cool. No, it's like, well, just figure it out. Like, who's the hottest one on the poster? That's the killer. Who's the hottest guy? Who's the hunkiest? <laughs> that's going to be the killer. Who's the cutest girl? You know, because that, that obviously worked out so well in Scream 4, where it turned out uh, who yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like when I watched Urban Legend for the first time, and it was Rebecca Gayard, and I was like, how? How did she commit all those murders? That's impossible. But all right, well, anyway, she, <laughs> that's the one. Oh. Weird choice, but still a good movie, Urban Legend. I have to revisit that soon. I have it, but all right. So what's next, thing? What do you got? Uh, Joe Bob Briggs has released. I know. I know uh, you have heard of him. Uh, has released an eight and a half minute video, uh, his own uh, in memoriam video for all of the genre stars that were lost uh, in the year. Uh, 2021. You can see it on the Joe Bob Briggs YouTube channel. Uh, I do not know if they ha- they're like currently hosting it on Shutter or not, which seems to be his his home. Uh, but uh, you know, if you are interested in Joe Bob Briggs's own eight and a half minute in memoriam uh, video, it is out there to watch. And I say, fuck that guy for how he treated our kids. Hell Thank yeah! You. That's really sweet of you. That's really sweet of you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't. I don't really pay attention to any of this stuff anymore. <laughs> I see it. I, I mean, yeah, I share it on you the lost Facebook page. Fan, dude. Talk about it. Yeah, really, he did. Lost a fan. It was heartbreaking. But you know what? It is what it is. Not all the people that you meet are going to be nice. You know, they always say don't meet your heroes, and in that sense, he was correct. Yeah, because I've I've met Wes Craven. I've met George Romero. Never got a chance to meet Toby Hooper, but you know, Craven and Romero, two of the sweetest guys I've I ever met. And I was thinking that they were going to be dicks, but no, they were great. Joe Bob Briggs, on the other hand. Douche. Yeah. <laughs> you had a Dude, fan, oh, man. and and in case you're listening right now, in case you're listening, Joe Bob, you had a fan, and now you have one less. Uh, so just know that. Yep. Uh, you know, every you never know. Uh, you know uh, what someone may be dealing with when when you interface with them, and and you sent one away sad that day, uh, and you should feel bad about that because. The king loved you and supported you, and, and now uh, you have been cut from the king's court. And you know you what? Made me cry. One day he he might need an organ, and you know who was going to be the only match? That motherfucker the over king there. Of the king's going to be like, and, and king's going to be like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I all my organs are constantly failing, so I don't know if there's going to be any to give if he ever needs one. So, <laughs> 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 that'd be the first choice. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I don't know, but but if I was and if I had all healthy organs, yeah, no, I'd be like, all right, you know what, Joe Bob? No, you can't have my organs. No, you can't. No, I'm gonna go over here and, and misuse them. I'm gonna abuse them just so you can watch. Oh, oh, you need this liver. Oh my God, no! I think I would just go over here and drink a bottle of Jack right in front of you, and I would just kill my liver right in front of you, just to spite you. Yep. I don't. I don't care. I, this is what I'm doing right now. Oh, oh, oh! Cracking the seal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's mm-hmm. that, Bob? I can't hear you. Glug, glug, glug. 
just hear his heart rate monitor just start to beep really fast. It's like, oh, oh, you don't like this, do you? Oh, am I upsetting you, Joe Pop? Are oh, you upset oh, me when now I you? you? <laughs> oh, so now you've got time to pay attention to me. Oh, okay, I got you now. <laughs> ah, I see how it is, Joe Pop. Later. Yeah. <laughs> but I did post that video on the Talking Terror page. I always post but Joe Bob news on the Talking Terror page. I have no problem doing it. But personally, yeah, no. Go take a long walk, man. <laughs> All right, Dean. What else you got? Uh, finally, uh, you know, uh, everyone, well, so many people are uh, fans of Keanu Reeves, and Keanu Reeves has uh, put out his own list of films uh, that people people must see. And I am not going to tell you the whole list because. Uh, it was longer than I thought it would be, but some notables that were mm. on the list include uh, Clockwork Orange, Rollerball. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Doctor Strangelove, The Seven Samurai, Amadeus, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, uh, The That's Evil Dead, uh, Raising Arizona, uh, The Big Lebowski, mm-hmm. uh, The Professional, and... Um, that is kind of where it runs out for me being able to read what I wrote. Uh, so uh, there you have it. Uh, some of Keanu Reeves' uh, favorite films that he feels all film fans should see. Oh, sorry, I got it. The last one is The Road Warrior, Mad Max Part Two. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, good list. A lot of good text. But I mean, that's the last item that you had, uh, Dean? That was the last item that I had, King. I just got to say real quick before we get into the movie tonight, you forgot one of the biggest ones. Uh, Friday the 13th lawsuit, it is over, guys. It's done. What? Wrap it up. It's done. Official. Close that book, people, because it's over. Wait, are you Victor sure? Miller wins. I, heard, I heard, yes, I heard that Victor Miller wins as far as that goes, but it still doesn't mean anything's getting done anytime soon because there's still well, no, some no. shit on, on the other end that it's not that it's worked out. It's just that nobody's going to fucking do anything. Well, yeah, the lawsuit is officially, it's considered over because Horror Inc. and Shauna's Cunningham, they didn't file an appeal in a timely manner. So they considered it officially wrapped up, you know, but like you had said, Ghoul, at the same time, they're not doing anything with Friday the 13th. Basically what they're going to have to do, Victor Miller and Shauna's Cunningham, they're going to have to come to an agreement if they plan on making any films in the future, because Victor Miller still owns the rights to Friday the 13th. The first one in the U S whereas Sean Cunningham has foreign distribution rights to the adult Jason. So basically both sides are going to have to come together if they plan on making another project and coming to some kind of an agreement. But as far as the lawsuit side is, it's over. No more court dates, you know, no more appeals. It's done. So now it's really just going to be between Miller and Cunningham if we get new content for Friday the 13th. But wrap it up. Lawsuit's over. No more talking about it. <laughs> you know, finally put that thing to bed. Oh, finally, Mommy and Daddy got their divorce settled. <laughs> yeah, it's a real Kramer versus Kramer situation. So we'll have to see what happens. You know, they're going to have to come to some kind of an agreement if they want to get together and make another movie. So they're going to have to play nice, you know, if they want to give something to the fans. But I wouldn't expect anything anytime soon from either side. I think they're both just going to kind of fold their arms and say it's done. I got my rights. You got yours. Fuck off. You know, I think that's what's going to be at the end of the day, which isn't too bad. 
But, yeah, I just wanted to make that out. I put it on the Talking Terror page. It's a lot more lengthy in the article that I posted. It goes into a lot more of the details. You know, I just did a too long, didn't read type of version. But, uh, yeah, all the details are up there on the article. Um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see where Jason goes now. If another one's made. He's going nowhere. Just nowhere. Fast. No, nowhere fast. No. You know where he should go, though, is the Summer Isle. Hey, the tonight's film pick of the week. For the Wicker <laughs> Man from 73. Mm. Monkey, this is your choice. Mm. Let's get into some pagan rituals, shall we? All right. This is the story of police officer Neil Howie, an officer of the law who makes it quite clear that he is a devout Christian first and a police uh, or police investigator seconds. He has been asked to come to a remote island in Scotland to investigate the case of a missing child. After arriving at the island, he discovers that things aren't as they seem, for no one seems to know of a missing child. But to his horror, he comes to realize that this is no God-fearing Christian land under the Queen's rule. Oh no! For this island has abandoned all worship of the Christian God, and instead welcomed the old gods of traditional Celtic pagan worship. But if there's no child, then why was he asked to come to this godforsaken island? Find out as we discuss the Wicker Man. All right. <laughs> this is my first time checking out this movie. I picked this movie because it's it's considered such a classic. This is supposed to be yeah. like, you know, one of those movies that's just considered one of the most terrifying films with a very, very disturbing ending. And I sure as hell wasn't going to pick another horror-adjacent movie. Nope, that shit is done. So, <laughs> since I've got Ian up here for the summer, I mean, for, for winter break, I wanted him to check this film out with me, you know, just to teach him that not all horror movies are chainsaws, gores, and tits. I, uh, I was right on oh, two, of, two out of three. <laughs> but so, 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 we, so we watched this film as a family, you know, me, myself, who, as you all know, is very anti-Christian in my beliefs, the diva, who <laughs> is a practicing Jersey Gypsy witch, and then there's Ian, who's religiously neutral. So maybe we were watching this film through the right lens. I mean, I wish I could have watched this film through the lens of a devout Christian, just so I could understand the terror that the film was supposed to deliver to these kind of people. <laughs> because, because as far as me and my family were concerned, we were just having a great time laughing at the ignorant, frustrated Christian who who couldn't convert the locals to his God. <laughs> it was so much fucking fun. <laughs> yeah, they were having none of that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Uh, all right. Cool, cool. All right. So, Google, what do you think about The Wicker Man? Uh, you know, first let me ask something. Dean, did we do one of our viewing nights for this movie? Yes. Okay, we did. Was this one of those yes. viewing nights that we got way too baked and probably both passed out? I can't speak for you, but I know that I definitely did not. Okay. Because, you know, this is one of those movies that I always always think I saw, so at least now I know that I was right about that. But I could never fucking remember <laughs> anything about this goddamn movie. Um, so, you know what, watching it, watching it this time, you know, obviously having to put on the talking terror lenses to, to watch it, you know, old film, know all the fucking, you know, I know, know all about it, I know everything, there's no surprise ending, there's, I, I've seen every variation of this movie that has come out since this movie. Um, 
you know, most recently for Ooh. me anyway would be mid Samar, you know. So yeah, uh, I personally really enjoy the shit out of this movie. Um, and you know what? I hope I enjoyed it the first time I watched it because I know I sure as hell really enjoyed it this time. Uh, this this is a fun slow burn of a movie. That uh, that even though like I knew exactly where this and maybe that's what helped make it all the more enjoyable is that I know that everything going on is just leading this man down this path towards his ultimate destruction. Um, so so I just enjoyed watching everybody that was in this film just completely just just going all balls out with everything. You know, it was just fucking weird. It was fun. There was nudity. You know, it, it, no, a horror movie doesn't need to have gore. Sometimes it just has to be a, a, a scary situation. And you know what? For this, this Christian man, this is about as fucking scary as it can get. Yeah. <laughs> yep, couldn't agree more. All right, so, Dean, what did you think about The Wicker Man? I mean, look, pretty much, pretty much what what the ghoul says. I love this film. Um, I've lo- I, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, I, I, I loved it the first time. I loved it this time. Uh, as I'm pretty sure that I've mentioned before, uh, when I got rid of all of my tangible media, you know, I did hang on to, uh, you know, a few pieces. And one that I did hang on to was my uh, special edition uh, Wicker Man box set that included the theatrical and uh, extended DVD versions, the the one that comes in the wooden box with the clip with the wood burned cover. Um, that's mm. a sweet. Still have that's that. a sweet box set, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, I still yeah. have that one. And um, you know, recently, uh, I as I talked about here, I'm pretty sure I mentioned on the show, I I did finally acquire a PS5, uh, but I also treated myself uh, to a new and upgraded TV over the TV that I had and. Uh, you know, brought myself Ooh. more into the, the modern age of, of viewership and watching the Wicker Man, which I did watch the version on Shudder. Um, it just <clears throat> looked so beautiful. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was like a whole different viewing experience. You know, it, it, it has that look that it's like that you're like standing right there. Like it looks so fucking real. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, everything was just so vivid and the colors were so bright and, you know, following the story is just, you know, it is, it's like a slow burn mystery to figure out what's going on. Obviously nothing will, uh, replace the, the big reveal of the first time seeing it. Uh, but having seen it before and now getting to kind of pay attention, not to, not to Sergeant Howie, but to, to paying more attention to what everyone else is doing. Uh, you know, made it like a, like a fun uh, a fun view again this time. So I I just love the Wicker Man, and I, I was really uh, I feel like it's a it's a good pick to, to kick off uh, 2022. So I was I was stoked to watch it. I watched it last night. Cool people are liking my pick. Yay! Can't wait. Can't wait. Finally getting it all across the board. He did it, guys. And his first pick of 2022, he's gotten all across the board. Yeah, because I, I mean, I have nothing but good things to say about this movie as well. I, I, I think it's a, a brilliant piece of cinema. You know, it's a slow burn, 73. You got Christopher Lee as Lord Summerisle, who's just fantastic, especially in his conversations with, with uh, Howie, uh, you know, towards the middle of the film. Uh, but it, it, it is a, a great movie where it's, you know, I, I don't consider 
Howie a villain, but I consider him one of those characters where he's in the wrong the entire time that he's on this island. He's there to do good. I mean, he's there to, to solve this mission, what happened to Rowan Morrison. But at the same time, he's constantly just aghast and appalled and disgusted by these people that are living their lives believing what they believe. So, yes, he's a devout Christian. He's celibate. But at the same time, these people are believing in what they believe. So he's coming in there trying to be like you know, a Christian uh, you know, monastery person and coming in and saying, this is all wrong. You know, this is all wrong. What you're doing is wrong. And, you know, you shouldn't be having sex and you should be doing this. It's just all evil shit. And it's all paganism and heathenism. And it's, he's in the wrong the entire time. So it's one of those movies where it's, he's not a villain, but he's definitely not in the right uh, the entire time. When people are just believing what they believe, but you're not going to convince me otherwise <clears throat> that this is wrong. You know, this is what we believe. So you can believe what you want to believe. But here we believe in the old gods. You know, in, in this universe, God, uh, yeah, he, he, he died sad but he also he's a loser didn't do anything so, <laughs> he had a good yeah. run <laughs> he, he, he had his chance and he failed um but yeah like i said he it's interesting because he how he is not only just like i said a christian but he's also celibate so it's one of those things where it's like a virgin coming to this island where the, it's unabashedly about sex and about a lot of music and and phallic imagery for the the may day parade you know especially the maypole and that whole conversation uh, but it's like right away, the townspeople don't want him there. Like, they just, we don't know who she is. She doesn't really even exist, so fuck off. And he's like, well, no, I'm, I'm a police officer. So he's just constantly thrusting his, his authority onto these people that don't recognize his authority. Like, why, why should we care that you're a, Exactly. <laughs> so why should we care that you're a police officer from the mainland when we kind of govern ourselves and we're doing okay? We told you that we don't know who she is. We don't know who that is in that picture. So kindly just get in your fucking plane and go. But he is there above and all. Um, and this is a great thing where if you ever saw Hot Fuzz, you could see where Edgar Wright took a lot from the Wicker Man with the village <laughs> and Nick Angel, you know, Simon Pegg's character being exactly like Edward Woodhouse's uh, uh, character of, of Howie. Uh, there's another movie from 81 called The Appointment. Uh, it was Lindsay Vickers' only film, but it also stars Edward Woodhouse in a similar type role, and it's just it's, it's worthy uh, just to see him just be constantly angry at, at Woodward, things that are satanic Woodward. and uh, Woodhouse. Wood, Woodward. Woodward. I keep saying Woodhouse, and I apologize. It's Woodward. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the council uh, are basically just having a good time, especially in, in the Green Man Inn. It's like we just want to hang out and we want to and drink don't, don't, and we want to play. I just want to say real. I, I just want to jump in real quick. Don't forget. Uh, that Edward Woodward also was in Hot Fuzz. He was, yeah, he, yeah, he played Woodhouse. That's why I keep getting those names confused because he was the guy that was in charge of all the cameras. He was the head of the cult that was uh, killing people to make the perfect village. So yeah, that's a good call. No, that was uh, no, that was uh, that was um, uh, not. Uh, he was Tom Weaver. Uh, uh, Tom Weaver. Of, that's um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, but he. He ends up meeting these townspeople, and they say, go and speak to Mae Morrison, who is supposedly Rowan's mother, but it's not really the mother, so you're wasting your time. But go ahead. Sure. You know, go and, and talk to her and get no information out of her, which she promptly does. And when he goes and talks to Mae, she's like, I, I have no idea who that is, but all right. I mean, you could hang out and, and, you know, talk to my daughter, Meadow. That's my only daughter. And Meadow tells Howie that, uh, yeah, Rowan does exist, but Rowan is a rabbit. And Rowan just kind of hangs out and just 
pops along, and that's uh, that's all I know about uh, of Rowan. So of course, no, she, this she's is a hare because <laughs> they're hares, well, not I, rabbits. <laughs> I, I say rabbit for our listening audience. I'm not just going to say hare because what the fuck is a hare? It's a it's a rabbit, but they call it a hare because it's, it's Scotland and they're they're cheeky. But um, so she tells <laughs> Rowan that, that Rowan's just a rabbit, and that's and that's what she hangs. She doesn't drink tea because she's a rabbit. So of course this leads him to be kind of aghast of like what's going on. Obviously they're fucking with me, but he's just going to go along with it. And uh, again, he goes into the Green Man Inn where everybody's just having a good time, singing their folk songs and drinking and, you know and having two a good time. And of course species, he, right? Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to like. I don't know. Okay, I, I, know, know. I know that hares and rabbits go. are very similar, but they are two completely different species. They are. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. I didn't realize this was a National Geographic podcast. I was just trying to make it easier we for people to at home to say rabbit. We strive for professional accuracy. and accurate, okay? Professional <laughs> and accurate. That is what 2022 is going to be all about. Professionalism, professionalism, yep, professionalism. Exactly. Right there. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, sure, that's it. Um, so, okay, so I'll refer to it as a hair from here on in. The, Longer years. are happy at home. Less that, social. That's sitting at home going, God damn, it's a hair. It's a hair. It's not rabbit. Like, I get bigger. it. I'm sorry, guys at home. That are our, our, our hair aficionados that are just upset with me because I keep going in a rabbit. But, okay, so hair it is. Uh, and here we are at the Green Man Inn where everybody's having fun and singing. Of course, we there have we McGregor, the innkeeper, who's very kind of saucy, you know, talking to, to Howie as he demands his supper right away. And, of course, he walks in there and just interrupts everybody's good time. He's the fucking buzzkill that you never want to have when you're at a bar where he's pounding on you know, the bar top, you know, demanding to know who knows anything about this girl, who knows anything about her disappearance. Oh, we don't know who she is, so can he fuck off? And he's like, well, that's not acceptable. Where's my dinner? And, of course, the dinner is all just canned stuff, like the lima beans that he's eating are turquoise. And, of course, he's, he's telling the beautiful Britt Eklund who plays Willow, you know, this is unacceptable. You know, I, I expected better potatoes than this. And these beans suck and everything sucks. Well, uh, let me just have an apple pie then. Well, we don't have any apples. So we ship them all out. Uh, we only have peaches and cream. She's like, would you like my peaches and cream? He's like, uh, gross. No. Uh, just give me whatever's in the can. <laughs> But also, well, he, are you sure? You know, but he's shocked also because why? You know, why are you serving me canned stuff when I'm on an island that's well known for its fresh vegetables, <laughs> fruit and vegetables? Why are you giving mm-hmm. me stuff from a tin? <laughs> right, and we find out later as to why that is. But at the time, he's just completely upset about it. Then, in the course of him walking around the inn, he discovers the pictures of all the May festivals and all the bountiful harvests that they've had. But the 1972 photo was missing. Uh, we just yeah. lost it, and I don't know. Like, you know, you asked the a frame, lot of questions. The frame broke. You just lost a lot of this. <laughs> we get drunk and rowdy, and we do a bunch of songs like we're in a Tolkien episode. <laughs> just a lot, a lot of folks singing. I mean, I, I enjoyed yep. it, you know, but at the same time, like, oh, it's, just, it's a lot, you know, but uh, – as soon as Howie decides that he's going to leave the inn, he just walks out and discovers everybody having sex. <laughs> and there's a nice little orgy going on outside, and I was like, I'm here for it. That's pretty exciting. It's pretty fun. But he's like, oh, my God. Oh, these fucking heathens. All oh, they're just outside, and they're just fucking, and this is just disgusting and vile, and 
why am I here? And I'm just going to go back to my room. I'm going to pray to Jesus. We're going to pray on it. And then tomorrow's going to be another day. But meanwhile, Willow is being courted by the young man outside. And of course, it's like, oh, let's go ready to get the fuck town. Because you're right next door to, to your little poor Howie who's trying to get some rest while Willow is getting completely railed. Well, everybody's like, yay, Willow's getting fucked, guys. All right, harvest rules. Yeah, it's another one for the innkeeper's daughter. <laughs> and not only that, oh, we get to see the snails like to get their fuck on, too. So even the snails, uh-huh. which are actually snails, you know, unless there's something else, I don't know. I mean, are they actual snails? Or, I don't know. I mean, I messed up with the hair thing, so, I mean, maybe they're not snails. Maybe they're hermocrats. I don't know. Nope. It could, be a, it could, be, a, it could right. be a metaphor for lesbianism of, of mm, two women snarling together. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, this, this, this whole movie, you know, we got, it's 1973 here. You know, the, the, the idea of, of films in horror assaulting religious iconography, you know, at this point is kind of at a high. You know, we've had Rosemary's mm-hmm. Baby. You know, you've, we've, we've got a whole shitload of, like, films that are going to be similar to this. The Exorcist, The Omen, yeah. like, all of these things that are going to have to do with, with Catholic imagery and how it is either problematic or how part of that leads to the fucking rise of the Antichrist and will end up being the end of all civilization. You know, so... You know, I, I find this to be a fun way of, of, of playing on that as we are watching a character who is, you know, completely devout. You know, for him, these are all the yeah. things, yep. you know, and as he even says, you know, this our country is a, is a Catholic country. Um, yeah. You know, so, yeah. so as a people, you know, they're identifying as like this, this, this heathenistic, this paganistic society that had been shunned, you know? The, you know the, the, when the Vikings founded all of that area, you know, all of the, this, these pagan rituals and everything were the norm. And then as, you know, as, as the years went by, and over hundreds and thousands of years, you know, all, all of this stuff got changed, and, and it was still there, it was still burrowed in there. So on this tiny little island, as we later find out, you know, fucking Christopher Lee's dad was like, hey, you know what, the easiest way to get these fuckers to work like slaves is to convince them that this is a religious thing, and, uh, and we're just going to yeah. stick to that. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's what yeah. I find <laughs> fun about all of this, because the reality is, mm-hmm. like, even though Christopher Lee's character is going to end up being a believer, yeah. they're not, yeah. you know? It's just, it's just using religion for, for trickery, which I just find so, mm-hmm. so inter- interesting, you know, because just like he's brainwashed, in the way he's thinking about them, you know, they too are yeah. completely 100% yep. fucking brainwashed. Oh, totally. And, and it just, it shows how they're all just rank and file with what Lord Summer Isle says. Like they're all just believers, you know, just like you said, as, as much as how he is with, with, with Christianity. Um, and it leads but, to the next day with the kids playing with the maypole, you know, where they're all having fun. And then they have the, the song about, you know, the tree and, uh, and, you know, the bodies underneath. And it was a catchy song. I had it stuck in my head for like two days. After I watched The Wicker Man, you know, <laughs> it was such a catchy folk song. Sing the tree it, and the person and the grass and, you know, and just the guy with the, the hand movements, he was having a good time. But then how he's walking through this and he overhears in the classroom, Miss Rose teaching the kids about how the maypole represents the penis. And he's like, oh, my God. Penis! Like, what are you, 
what are you what are you teaching these kids? And she's like, I don't know, teaching them about dick. And girls. oh my god, it was only the girls because all the boys were out busy yeah. twirling the pole, you know. Yep. So so all yeah. the girls were busy inside learning about it, and all the boys were out there playing with it. And I love the fact that Howie has no problem being like, I'm a fucking cop. You're kids, but I'm going to treat you like suspects. Where the fuck is Rowan? And we don't know who that is. Uh, No, don't lie to me. I'm going to write her name on the chalkboard, and we're going to talk about it. Oh, by the way, there's an empty desk. That's got to be Rowan's desk, so somebody better fucking start talking. And what's inside Rowan's desk but a beetle tied to a nail just kind of walking around. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, what is this? She's like, I don't know. It's a fucking bug on a string. Why did you do it? I don't know. I'm a fucking well, kid. Well, what did she say? She said something along the lines of that it continues to go in a circle until it ties itself mm-hmm. up and dies, you know, which is basically <laughs> yeah. the metaphor for what he's about to do. You know, he's t- already tied to the string, and he's about to follow the mm-hmm. pathway that they have put before him until he gets closer and closer and closer, and then the next thing he knows, he's up against that pole himself, and yep. there we go. The phallus. And it, it's also Ballast. incredible. What, <laughs> I found, it, what I found so interesting was the conversation that Miss Rose has outside with Howie when they're talking about Rowan's existence. And she's like, well, you know, we don't use the word dead on Summer Isle. When human life is over, the person returns to the trees, the air, the fire, to the animals. So it, it, it's kind of like a, a resurrection of sorts. And, of course, Howie's aghast at all this. Like, how, how, this is just impossible. Like, I don't believe what I'm hearing right now. You believe in this whole reincarnation type of thing. Uh, you know, show me to the church, you know, where she's buried. And Well, it's not really a church because we don't hold <laughs> Christian meetings there anymore. So it's just kind of a building now. And we also don't have a minister, so good luck. Like, I, just, I just love that whole back and forth about, you know, Howie being so devout as a Christian, just completely confused as to how a church can no longer be a church because they don't practice Christian uh, beliefs in the building. Like, well, it's, it's, a building it's now. him using terminology. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's the churchyard instead of just staying in the graveyard and stuff like that. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. and the townsfolk all having a, a, a real good laugh and a play at it because they're, they're not yeah. necessarily lying to them. But they all know they're also not telling him the truth in any way. You know, they're, they're all working their way around everything. Mm-hmm. And he ends up and going to that graveyard. And, yeah, go ahead, Mikey. Yeah, I was going to say, um, but they also keep, keep taking and twisting his own words. You know, like the ghoul had said, yeah. uh, you know, uh, again, not telling him a lie, but at the same time not telling him a whole truth. And right. just, again... I'm just enjoying the whole cat and mouse of them, just enjoying their time with them. <laughs> it's very fun. I mean, because at numerous points they tell him, why don't you just take off? Like, you know, you probably don't want to be here for the ceremony, so why don't you just get on your fucking bike and ride away? Like, leave our town. <laughs> We're telling you plenty of times to go. But, you know, he's on a mission, and, and he's going to do it. So when he visits the graveyard, and he's walking you know, around, and he sees the woman breastfeeding. I mean, go ahead, uh, Cool, go ahead. Sorry, no, I was just going to ask. Go ahead, Cool. Go ahead. Now, here is the question. It is something that I did wonder throughout the movie, again, knowing where it's going to end up and knowing what they're doing here, right? I did wonder while watching it this time around. Each time they're telling him to leave, I wonder if he had attempted to leave at any of these earlier points, would they have allowed him to? It's a good question. 
They might have. I mean, you know, I mean, especially when we get towards the end with, with uh, Willow and the, the innkeeper, McGregor. You know, like, I think that they were trying to help him. Like, I think they were trying to help him avoid what was going to become of him um, in a way. I mean, he took it as they're going to harm him, but I, we'll get there. To that scene. But um, it's, when yeah. he's in the graveyard, he's looking at the woman breastfeeding, um, and he sees that the grave has a box full of apples on it. He, of course, removes the box, and then he makes a makeshift cross. And again, he's trying to force Christianity on this fucking people. Like, I'm going to put that there, and uh, good luck with your baby and the breastfeeding. Uh, meets the groundskeeper where they find the new grave, which is more than likely what he thinks is Rowan's grave. But, of course, what, what's that thing hanging from the, you know, the tree there? Oh, that's the navel string hanging from that tree. Like, oh, okay. All right. So, you know what that is. Like, you know. And, again, he's just aghast at, like, you know, this. And, the, of course, I love when the, the groundskeeper just starts laughing at him. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> like, oh, okay. but yeah, the, yeah. The, the groundskeeper is so much fucking fun, man. <laughs> He's having a great time. Like, always hard. Every time he shows up. Come on, man. Yeah. You know, I always think about the one from yeah. Friday the 13th, part six, you know? <laughs> yeah. Some people got a sick sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. um, what did you take me for? We... A fart head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was so great, just looking at the camera the entire time, clearly knowing that it's kind of like meta. But um, we return to Mae Morrison, who's using a frog on her daughter to cure her cough. So she puts the frog into the girl's mouth, pulls it there for a second, pulls it back out, and gives her a little jawbreaker to suck on. You know, old pagan rituals. I've heard about that years ago. Uh, they used to think that if you would put a frog into somebody's mouth, it would take the cough into the frog, and, you know, you'd be cured of whatever ails you. So it's, it's clearly old-style uh, pagan uh, cures. Yeah, it was for you know lot, lots of things, not not just for yeah. you know sore you know sore throat or call for you know it, it was just you know whatever you're sick with, you put it in there, suck on it for a minute, and then the frog takes it with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. it, it was kind of cool to see that because it, it, you know you might be confused by it, but it works for them, and you know the, again they they are practicing old school you know pagan rituals to do even the little list of things. Uh, how we we call it magic. <laughs> yeah. We, as a, a God-fearing community, call it magic. But uh, how we visit the librarian, played by Ingrid Pitt, who is, is in a ton as, of Hammer as movies. As a person of scientific thought and processes, I would say that's fucking magic, okay? Because a frog in your fucking mouth ain't fixing shit. It's got nothing to do with any religious principle whatsoever. I just think it's psychosomatic. I think that if somebody tells you that and you believe in it, then it'll take your cough away. Like if somebody says that you can put a toad in your mouth and then they'll take it back out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's psychosomatic. I think that cough probably did go away, not because it was because of the toad, just because it went away naturally. But who knows? That's like when I used get to tell girlfriends if I came on their faces that it would make their skin look nicer, okay? But now if you look at the well, majority of porn stars, nice what do their chins look like? They're not all that great, right? Psychosomatic. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> I'm not really looking at their chins. I mean, I, God I only, focus on other parts of their bodies. God <laughs> only knows, okay, the amount of people that got sick and died over stupid shit, like people putting <laughs> fucking frogs in their mouths, okay? It's as bad as today with people drinking bleach and eating Tide Pods, okay? Religion notwithstanding. <laughs> There's well, a society where people do stupid fucking things, okay? So that, that's one of them. Sure. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, 
couldn't, uh, can't argue that point. Uh, but Howie visits the chemist, Mr. Lennox, who has a bunch of foreskins in a jar and brains and all sorts of different things. <laughs> he has got the coolest fucking store it. on the entire <laughs> island, man. It's like he's got the fucking voodoo shop, you know, like straight out of fucking Candyman. <laughs> All he was missing was just the opportunity to open up that jar of foreskins and just pop one in his mouth like a pork rind. And you were saying, Officer <laughs> Howie, oh, my God. You just, you just pop a foreskin in your mouth? Yeah, whatever. It's, it's, it's nice. You're salted. You know, it tastes pretty good. Why don't you try one? What? Uh, I don't think yeah, so. What? <laughs> one one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so he finds out that that negative that we had talked about earlier from 72 had been destroyed. Uh, there's just no copy available. So you're shit out of luck, Howie. But nevertheless, we have to visit Lord Summerisle now, or how he visits in the house. But meanwhile, there is a ritual going on around mini Stonehenge of a bunch of voluptuous naked women jumping over a fire and dancing and singing. And, of course, this is where we get how we go, oh, man, getting a little bit hard here. I'm going to pray to God, get that boner taken away, because this is pretty hot. <laughs> and I just love how Summerisle just pops out from behind the chair. Oh, hey, you join that fuck session out there? <laughs> well, pretty excited, my man. Like, you know. Oh, hey, uh, I wasn't doing anything. Oh, it's, uh, it's okay. Hey, listen, you know, it's fine. <laughs> you know, if you want to enjoy it, you can just watch a little bit more. But uh, Howie's there to get permission from Summer Isle to exhume the body of, of Rowan from the, the makeshift grave. And, of course, yeah, no problem with it. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> Do whatever you want. It's fine. It's Summer Isle. Everything goes here. You know, we're, we're a deep religious <laughs> people, and... We don't believe in murder. You know, we just, we don't believe in, in that stuff. So, I mean, it, but you're free to do whatever you want. I mean, go ahead. But that's when he tells Howie that the women that are jumping over the fire, it's for reproduction of an asexual manner. Uh, what the hell? And he's like, well, no, it's true. I mean, we just, you know, believe that. Why wouldn't you want to get impregnated by a god over an acne-ridden artisan? So it's like, yeah, I'd rather get impregnated by a god. I don't want some acne-ridden guy to give me his baby. It's, it's just, it's fun that way. But he does have that line when he tells uh, Howie to sit down where he goes, shocks are so much better absorbed when the knees are bent. And I was like, Ooh, that's kind of like a religious thing. I just, I love that line. Because it's well, like, I, yeah, you I want to get down and knees pretty good. I love the mm-hmm. statement before it, though, when he's telling, he goes, well, you know, you know, Mary, you know, Jesus, you know, born of a virgin who was impregnated oh, no. by a ghost. You know, so, like, who are you to say our religion is, is silly when yours is fucking quite, quite weird as well? It is. And that's when, you know, he, he, asks, he talks about the old gods, and that's who they worship. And by doing these rituals, it's keeping the old gods alive. And, of course, Howie only believes in the one true god, so when he asks Samurai about him, he says, well... He's dead. Can't complain. He had his choice and uh, his chances, and he lost. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> how could you say such a thing? He's like, well, I said it. Mic drop. What up? <laughs> it's, there's something about Christopher Lee in his role. It's so amazing how he just commands the screen when he's on at a summer aisle. Like, it's a guy that you'd want to hang out with. Like, just a guy that just wants to have fun and just hang out and, and believe in what he wants to believe. But the old, uh, when he's playing the piano later in the movie, I was like, oh, he just wants to sing and have fun and kill you know, and just not have to worry about this fucking little penis, you know, how we run around going, where is Rowan? Like, all right, all right, you know, we, we don't know, we don't know she, but fine, just do what you got to do. And like the Gould said yeah. earlier, uh, yeah. he explains how in 1868, Summerisle's grandfather got to the island 
we discovered that there's volcanic soil and the warm Gulf Stream around the island that allow for new strains of fruit and encourage the belief into the older gods so that it will bring prosperity to the island. Love, nature, fear, rely on it, appease it. And that's when we get that <laughs> shotgun. He brought you up as a pagan. Yeah. Well, a heathen, yeah. conceivably, but not an enlightened <laughs> one. <laughs> and while watching this, you know, I was having to explain to Ian, right now, for the, the God-fearing people that are watching this, this is that moment of, you know, dread that's supposed to be settling in now of, oh, my God, I'm, you know, you know, I'm not around fellow Christians. You know, I'm around, you know, people that worship other gods and possibly devils and stuff like that. It's like, you know, this is like supposed to be, you know, you're trapped in the haunted house moment or, you know, holy shit, you know, you're trapped in the Sawyer's house. You know, this is that moment <laughs> in this movie yeah. is. You know, for, for those people, you know, and I'm having to explain to him just because, again, you know, he's neutral too, so he's watching the movie, and he's like, you know, what's wrong with the pagans? They're just doing their shit, man. You know, and I'm like, yeah. to the Christians, yep. this this is that oh my god moment. You know, so just so you understand, Christopher Lee being super fucking cool and chill right now is supposed to be coming across as like your charming. super villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah your charming, charming yeah. super villain. Yeah, you know, and mm -hmm. that's what's supposed to be happening in this moment, and that's what other people are supposed to be feeling at this moment. Which I think if you were a Catholic, like a devout Catholic, or even if not even a fully devout Catholic, but let's just say, you know, people from like the, the 50s and the 60s and early 70s where, you know, maybe... You know, again, like like they like everybody likes to, to to romanticize about how much you know, even just to use our country. You know, how many Americans used to go to church all the time, and it was like a, it, was, it was more of a regular thing. You know, for them, Christopher Lee in this role at this party is the villain because they're mm -hmm. saying you know everything that this guy is saying is everything that's against everything they've been taught. And that, exactly. you know, that's yep. one of the bigger differences that we have today is that, you know, we, we kind of are a little bit more of a, a freer society in which we're, we're more open-minded to all of these things. You know, think about it. You know, do, do we see satanic temples like we do, you know, these days back 30 fucking years ago? Shit, you know, hell no. Hell Satan. You know, that kind of shit. You know, did it happen? Of course it did. But, you know, it definitely didn't happen to where it was publicized the way it is today. You know, look at how much no. Wicca and, and other pagan-esque religions are at least celebrated and promoted today. Whereas, you know, that, that would have never been a thing fucking 20, 30, yeah. 40 years ago. Yeah, I mean, that, you that's, know, exactly, yeah. That's, that's exactly why I said, you know, at the beginning, you know, of this segment, I, I wish I had been able to watch this movie with that lens of a Christian viewer just so I maybe could have felt that dread that, you know, that someone like that would have felt watching this movie. I mean, just sit down with a Christian and explain to them the true meaning of Christmas. Blow their fucking oh, yeah. minds. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> no, yeah. It's fun. It's a little thing I have. It is. But, uh, no, but anyway. It is. So, yeah. And so Howie gets the, the coffin exhumed and discovers that there is, in fact, a hare in the, in the coffin. Not a rabbit, a hare. Uh, and, of course, the, the groundskeeper is <laughs> just cackling about it and just loving it. So Howie immediately goes back to Summer Isle's home where he's just hanging out with his rose and they're singing together and drinking. 
and he throws the dead hair onto the floor and he demands and says that it's sacrilege. And Miss Rose is like, uh, uh, no, because that ground's not consecrated by Christian belief. So it's just in the ground. Like, I just love how she has to come back for fucking everything. As soon as he says something, she's like, oh, yeah? Oh, really? Okay, well, anyway, this is what really it is. It's a transmutation. It's really kind of nice, isn't it, Samurai? And he's like, indeed it is. And, of course, he's fucking just Howie in this moment. He's like, why don't you just tell me where she is? You're the fucking detective, dude. Figure it out. Do your job. I'm not doing yeah, it for he you. Says, I thought you're the detective. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like, do it yourself. And he's like, well, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do, Summer Isle? Summer Isle. I'm going to go get a bunch of cops, and we're going to come back here, and we're charging all of you with murder and all this pagan shit's over. And he's like, uh, really? Okay. See ya. Like, I don't really <laughs> think you know what's going on here, but I'll let you just dabble, you know? So why don't you go <laughs> home, you know, and, and – Oh, by the way, you might not want to be here in the morning. Like, like you know, just, again, yeah. then telling him to fuck off uh, for obvious yeah. reasons. Uh, Howie decides to break into the chemist's office, and he finds the 1972 negative, and it is Rowan, but unfortunately the crops were a failure that year. So the year prior, dun, dun, it was dun. a bust. So holy shit, <laughs> they need a sacrifice. It's probably going to be Rowan. What the fuck do I do now? I got to go. I got to get some backup. Uh, and this is uh, the night where it gets real sexy for Willow, who decides oh, to lay yeah. her bed. She's going to do a slap dance, and this is how I wake up every morning. I get naked, and I just start slapping the wall and slapping my ass and just going, good morning, Yeah, Willow. I know. Your, na- your neighbors really fucking hate that, too, by the way, just so you know. I'm tired of getting phone calls. <laughs> they say that they hate it, but they actually love it. So, but no, this whole thing is is a thing of seduction for Willow, where she's slapping the walls and her body, and we see that Howie's having a really fucking hard time, you know, keeping himself from going next door and visiting Willow. And it's one of those things where you think about it, all he had to do was go next door and fuck her, and then it would have all been over, because he yes. wouldn't have been a virgin anymore. He would have been his cherry would have been popped. Like, you know, all he had to do was go next door and fuck her, and then he wouldn't have been a sacrifice because he's not a virgin anymore. Um, but, no, he didn't because he, he's a Christian man, so he's going to sweat it out. He's going to jerk off like 35 times, and he's going to come nope, everywhere, he, and then he's just going to wake up. <laughs> to the window, to the wall. <laughs> you don't want to run a blacklight in that room the next day. <laughs> How did he get on the ceiling? <laughs> probably hit, he probably hit that fucking dribbling point we were talking about earlier, you know? From, from, from dribbling to fucking ghost shots. Mm-hmm. So he gets visited the next morning by Willow. It's like when you go to spit, you know, and it doesn't fucking come out right. Instead, it just goes down your chin. Same fucking effect. So, yeah, the next day, you know, he... Willow says, you should have come visited me last night. He's like, I'm engaged to be married. It wouldn't have been right. So sorry about that. And she's like, okay, so why don't you just fucking leave now? I mean, we, I, now I'm telling you uh, that you should go. But it, it's fine. You know, just uh, keep on doing what you're doing. And this is where we get our whole library sequence where he's reading these passages about rituals and how the six swords lock together form the sun. And they offer animals to the gods for beautiful produce. Uh, but sometimes it demands a bigger sacrifice, like a human sacrifice that involves drowning or burning. So he, he's learning all these fucking details about the fool and about, you know, the, the man that dresses like a woman and, and dances around with weapons. So, and we're going to see all this play out. Uh, but he's reading about it, and he's like, oh, shit, like, uh, I learned all this. 
time to bring the boys in. I'm going to leave. But, of course, his plane has been tampered with. So now he has no oh. choice but to stay on the island. And this is where he's just he's running around following the man in, in the, you know, the, the horse suit, you know, trying to observe what's going on as all the Summer Isle things happen. So Lord Summer Isle is explaining the plan for the day, which involves a sacrifice to Rwada, the goddess of the sun, and to Abuo, the goddess of the orchards. Hail the queen of the May. Hail the queen of the May. You know, and it's like, we're just going to, and just, he gives Miss Morrison one last chance. I love, he's like, just fucking tell me what I need to know, or I'm just going to search every house until I get my answer. And she's like, I really wish you would understand the purpose of a sacrifice. He's like, I didn't hear you going to knock on doors. (laughs) (laughs) And he he literally, like, you know. Literally goes door to door. Oh, my God. And then just being so frustrated, he's like, you know, fuck it. I'm going back to the inn. I'm going to show the whiskey. I'm going to take a nap. And then I'll figure it out from there. And this is where I said earlier, you get the innkeeper, McGregor, and Willow talking as McGregor's going to be punched, the fool. But at the same time, it's like they want to help him. Like, they don't want him to be sacrificed. Like, they just, they, they'll do whatever they can so. do to help him. I think they were going to drug him, and he was going to sleep for days. Because McGregor even said, he'll sleep for days, it's even better. Yeah, the hand <laughs> of glory. It was a yeah. hand yeah. lit on fire. Okay, that's not going to put him to fucking sleep for days. They I, knew full well that he yeah. wasn't sleeping. They were talking at a volume right outside his open door. Yeah, Everything so here wild. was to lead him to do exactly what it is. This is what gets revealed. Every little detail, every little thing that occurs in this town during this time frame is to lead this man down the very path that he's going to go. So they don't want to help the him in any way. That's why I man. That's why I questioned it earlier. Like, if he would have taken them up, like, was the plane already tampered with? You know, like, what would have happened? Like, it's like an issue of what if. You know, like, what would have happened? Had yeah. He <laughs> then? You know, obviously. Wait, well, like, wait, you know, wait, 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 wait. Cool. What? When? Sorry. Uh, with it, with the plane. What? what? When would it fly away? <laughs> like, what would have happened if he tried to fly away? When? earlier in the film when they were telling him to leave, you know, like, why don't you just leave, you know, get, you know, would he have been able to have just left or was the plane already tampered with, you know, when he, right. So you're questioning. so So you're questioning at what point did they tamper with the plane? Not just when did they tamper with the plane, no. but the fact is, is they're throwing it out there to him multiple times during the film to leave. But at no point, because yeah, they right. know him, they, they know who right. they lord here. They know that he's going to be stubborn. They know that he's not going to go fly away. But did they tamper with the plane that early? When Willow is busy thrusting herself up against the wall, slapping her hot tits and thrusting up and down with that big... Bushy Beaver fucking going up and down as she's slut dropping in that room. Like if he would have all of a sudden came <laughs> running like in there, ripping rip <laughs> open his pants with a big throbbing fucking phallus, like would they have allowed him to fuck her at that phallus. point? Because if they allow him to fuck her, guess what? Their whole sacrifice. He's no longer a virgin. The whole he's no longer a virgin. So this whole entire sequence of events gets completely rendered useless. Yep. So I feel like all of this is all part of a of a bigger. Plot, and her whole point was to be the temptress. It was it was to be mm-hmm. temptation to find out was he actually as pious as he you know supposedly was. Was he truly a and virgin? pure? Because I'm sorry.
sorry, but it was like I told, as we were sitting here watching the movie, like I told the goo girl, I'm like, you know, listen, if that was to like happen today, like I love you to death and everything, you know, that might be one of those cases where I'm going to FaceTime you and be like, hey, listen, check out what's going on right here. Do I have a green light to go to fucking town on this? And she's like... Yeah, I kind of see where you're going with that. She's like, I yeah, I, 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 I kind of have to say yes to this situation. Um, that's, that's but, funny. But, 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 well, back with the, the movie, <clears throat> Howie has knocked out the innkeeper, and he dresses up like Punch the Fool, and he joins the procession you know, through the village and through the town with Lord Samarayo and his long black wig and his scythe and just joyously just dancing around and just demanding that the fool get into it. Come on, get into it. Be sillier. Be funnier. Come on, dance. Like, you know, you're being the fool. Like, come on. You have to Damn, do it. So he gets a little yeah. bit of it, and <laughs> they have the six-sword procession where everybody goes through the swords while all of them chant chop. And when the final person goes through, the animal head's cut off, and it's revealed to be Holly of the village, and it's fine, but to the beach, because we have to sacrifice our kegs of ale before the major sacrifice can come. So with Howie on the beach and the sacrifices of the kegs made, he discovers that Rowan has been revealed. She actually does exist, and she is standing there uh, to be the potential sacrifice. So of course, what does he do? He runs off and does his police duty and saves her life. Hey, so he grabs her, running through the caves. But when he gets out on the other side, Rowan immediately runs off to the other villagers, happily, by the way, and just goes, yay, we did it. The trick worked. He is our sacrifice. <laughs> And she goes, and she runs straight to the Lord and goes, did I do it right? He goes, yes, you did everything exactly right. <laughs> you mm-hmm. were terrific. <laughs> and, it, it, of course, it, it, this is like the point where it's like there's just no turning back for Howie, and you do feel just fucking terrible for him because he realizes that he is a sacrifice because he fits their requirements. He came of his own free will. He has the power of the king by way of law enforcement. He's a virgin, and he's dressed as Punch the Fool. So he fits the criteria perfectly for what they need to sacrifice. Um, but Howie, as he's being dressed in, in traditional garb and washed and painted, and he's telling these people that the fruit tree strains are failing permanently and that eventually the villagers are going to turn on you. And he's, uh, no, they're not. <laughs> uh, no, because you know what? The fucking next harvest is going to be so tits. It's going to be so fucking awesome. Thank you, by the way. Because really, uh, dude, you got to understand, you're going to be like a martyr. You're going to be like with the angels and the gods. And like, this is a good thing, dude. Like, I mean, I know it seems bad. It does. I mean, you're going to die. Seems, it seems kind of bad. Like, I know. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, dude, it, um, Howie, Howie, listen, I love you. It was, it was great having you here. But we have to do this because this is just what we do. Come on, baby. We're pagans. This is what we do. So. <laughs> But it's that final march up the hill when he finally sees the wicker man for the first time. And he's just like, oh, my God, Jesus Christ, oh, my God. Because, yeah, you're fucked. You're not being saved. <laughs> you're not going to plead your way out of this. And he's still begging them to let go, but he's pushed inside of this gigantic wicker man that's been filled with animals and uh, pigs and goats and things like that uh, and is eventually going to be set on fire. <clears throat> so as it's being prepared and being set on fire, he recites Psalm 23, and just praise to God and to all the villagers that, they, you know, that God will save him. And he leans up against one of the posts and starts to burn. All the villagers start to sing, Sumer is in Kuman in, and just grab hands and rock back and forth and sing and smile and dance as it's being uh, lit on fire. And eventually you start to hear the animals start to scream as they perish in the fire. 
and eventually it reaches Howie, who's screaming bloody murder as the Wicker Man collapses to a setting sun. So that it just it, it just that to me was just the most powerful sequence in the entire movie because you know how fuck he is. Like I couldn't imagine myself being in that situation. Like thinking <laughs> the entire time you're solving a mystery, and then all of a sudden you're having you know your costume ripped off and you're being put in ceremonial garb and washed and you're being pushed into a gigantic Wicker Man, and it's being set on fire where there's no escape. I mean, it's just terrifying. Like, even watching it now, it's, just, it's a terrifying scenario to think of that's how you're going to go out. Yeah, man, yeah. with every uh, single thing uh, that, like, to, 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 to have this, not just the, the looming death by uh, fire inside the Wicker Man, but that your entire experience has 100% been a crafted charade and the revelation of mm-hmm. that uh, and, the, and the realization of, of your doom uh, you know, and then being up in there, like the, when they're dragging him up in there, and he's like trying to get away, like all, like all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah completely. After, and, the, and, after yeah. the after the movie's over, Ian just looked at me and he said, "So if he had just gotten laid, he would have been cool." <laughs> I was like, "Yep." <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, but then again, like the, the goal positive. We don't know. We don't really know if that would have happened if he had banged on that door and he had had sex with her. They might have stopped him before that, that could have happened. She might have stopped him. Who knows? I mean, there was definitely a plan in place for him. Like, it was always going to be Howie as a sacrifice. I also do want yeah. the fact that, that Lord Summer Isle's hair is completely fucking spazzing out on that hilltop. Like, you know, where before he looked like Freddie Mercury back in the early days of Queen. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's on the, the hilltop and his hair is all fucking weird. Oh, yeah. out, just like, you know, frazzled. <laughs> you know, he's like, this is a madman. Like, you know, he's lost his mind. But at the same time, he's not. Because he, that's what he, you know, thinks that he should believe it. The fact that, you know what, sacrifice, that's the way to go. And next year the harvest is going to be great. But I just love that parting line where he's like, dude, it's failing. Everything is failing. They're going to turn on you. He's like, hell no. He's like, I'm the fucking puppet master, baby. Like, do you realize, like, you know, that I have these people under my fucking thumb? They are never going to get rid of me. You know, it's just, he, he is the man. He's running everything. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, they ain't turning on me. You shut up, shut up. Just get in the Wicker Man, man. Like, you know, I'm going to light this thing on fire. Everything's going to be good. Um, there was, uh, I mean, there is the Nicolas Cage remake that, that's just completely just not this. The bees! Uh, but they did do, yeah, <laughs> so, and the bear costume. But there is a sequel to this movie. Uh, it was released in 2012 called The Wicker Tree. Uh, which features Christopher Lee in the film in a short role. He's not playing Lord Summerisle. He's playing the old man because he had hurt his back on a set, and uh, when he came to do the Wicker Tree, he couldn't really physically do it. So they had him as a cameo in the movie as an old man. But uh, there is a, it's a spiritual sequel, but it, it's not bad. It's not the Wicker Man, but it's called the Wicker Tree. Robin Hardy directed it, co-wrote it. So it's, it's worth checking out if you kind of want to see the companion piece. But... To me, this this '73 version is just perfection. It's it's folk horror at its best, and folk horror is its own kind of niche when it comes to horror. And I think it just is an excellent film. Really, I I agree. I had fun watching it. I'm glad everyone else enjoyed it too. Yay! <laughs> Yay! All across the board, monkey wins. All right, first pick of 2017 <laughs> coming in hot. All right, so next week, Ghoul, uh, it is your turn for our film pick. What are you bringing to us? What are we watching? You know what? I'm going to try to keep shit hot, all right? We are going to go with a, a more recent film. 
Um, I okay. think the kids going to love it. We are going to cover the last night in Soho. Oh, oh. yeah, right. Oh, oh man. I, uh, I can't wait. My number two pick, you know, 2020, uh, 2021. So, last night in Soho, here we go. Yeah, I'm awesome. That is cool. Dean, it is on the movies anywhere, so you'll be able to watch through that. <laughs> oh. okay, change the password? You're not going to change What's the password up? on. Good. No, I'm not going to change the password on. Not not yet. All right. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to revisit it. Uh, Saw it in theaters and can't wait to hear what the dean has to say about last night in Soho. It's going to be interesting. Directed by Edgar Wright. We just talked about earlier on the show. (laughs) Yeah, looking forward to checking this one out. Yeah, we'll see how many wieners show up in last night in Soho. We'll have a a wiener clock just to clock it in, see how many there are. But uh, we'll see. So that is tuned for next week's. Uh, it could be. It's a cock clock. So yeah, kind of. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll do something. <laughs> we'll have to do a, some kind of a wiener countdown, you know, and, and find it out. So yeah, next week, last night in Soho. I'm trying to say there's right, a lot of dick in this year. movie. Come so much. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a come chata movie. There's just a lot of of dicks. A lot, not a lot of boobs. A lot of dicks. Just get ready for that. You know, there's a forest Am I going like, to feel like Butters when he was watching Game of Thrones? You know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh, man, I thought there's it was so many so weird. Fucking, there's so many weirds <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then George R. R. Martin shows up and he just hangs brain. <laughs> Dragons. <laughs> what I saw was weirds. <laughs> <laughs> it was only <laughs> Yeah. That's one of the best episodes. But no, uh, no uh, I think there's a, a, an appropriate amount of wieners in Last Night so I think you'll be fine. I think you'll have a good time with it. So, um, so that'll be next week. All right, Dean, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and we'll see you back here next week for Last Night in Solo. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I will be looking forward to talking about Last Night in Soho next week. All right. And, Monkey, thank you so much for your pick of The Wicker Man. Great pick. You got it across the board. Way to go. Three. Bring in the heat. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. Mwah! <laughs> All right. And Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. Nice. Excellent. Bringing that heat as always. All right, everybody. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying, Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. And we'll see you back here next week for Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.